Today on Astros Hero Twitter Spaces, uh, we have our good friend, photographer, Photoshop manipulator, Spaces host, and NFT artist. We have Trip Trip Designs. Thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, welcome to our spaces. Uh, so how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. I'm a little nervous, even knowing I host my own spaces. I still get a I still get a little nervous when I come up to talk in front of a crowd, but I'm I'm here and I'm doing all right. I've been under the weather a little bit, but uh, I'm definitely definitely happy to be here. That's all right. We're all friends here. We all see each other almost every day on spaces, so no need to be nervous. Um, so you're kind of involved in a whole bunch of different types of art forms. When did you decide to get started on your NFT journey? Uh, so when it came to actual NFTs, um, I didn't really know much about it uh, until more or less, I'm going to say November or like October-ish um, this past year. Uh, my one friend got me actually involved with it. Uh, his name is Tankus Art. Uh, his real name's Alex on Twitter. Or well, Tankus Art on Twitter, his real name's Alex. Um, he, he, I've always paid attention to him. Uh, he's a local friend and he always has made art. And then I just kind of started noticing that he was selling it and we kind of have a lot of different people in our local area that do small time photography and small time art. Like we've had numerous different um, art events and stuff like that. Uh, our local area, which I mean, I'm not worried about anybody trying to find me or anything. If you look up Sharon PA uh, in the United States, our whole downtown local area is actually designated to art. Um, as in the fact is we have a bunch of like tall metal people downtown. Uh, we have a bunch of different canvases hanging on different pieces of the walls uh, on buildings. We have a bunch of paintings on a bunch of buildings downtown. Um, so we've generally just kind of always been involved with art in our local area. But when it came to NFTs, I'll have to give it to him uh, 100% because he sat down and actually explained to me what NFTs were. Um, he explained to me more in depth what crypto was. I be, I knew what crypto was when I was more or less into the uh, original Bitcoin. Uh, we used to talk about it when it was actually only a couple cents and below that. So uh, I've been around that part for a while. But yeah, no. Um, so I'm going to say when it comes to art, it's since I was a baby, honestly, a kid. Uh, but when it comes to NFTs, just about October, November-ish. Was your learning curve to try to understand what NFTs really were, was it difficult for you to grasp it at first? Because I know for myself personally it was, especially the price points where I would see like something where I felt like, I'm not an artist, but I felt like somebody could do this on MS Paint and it's selling for thousands of dollars. And it, it just took a long time for me to actually grasp it as um, something that's actually worth money. I was thinking, wow, it's just like some sort of fad. And this was probably back in... I'd say April. I didn't really think it was like anything really serious. I thought maybe it was something like, you know, Christmas comes out and that one toy ends up in the stores and it's like the hot commodity, like the Furby. I was kind of thinking of NFTs like the Furby or like the Teddy Ruxpin for us older people in here. So how, how did you feel about it when you first heard about it? Um, so like I said, it was more or less like I, I kind of just paid attention and kind of sat in the dark for a while with it. And he sat down and explained it to me. And uh, the whole NFT itself, I understood pretty quickly um, when it came to like how uh, it was like, let's say one of one artists or uh, you can't upload in different areas if you put one. Like I, I understood those concepts very, very quickly. But I just didn't understand the concepts of, like you said, um, uh, people can just kind of draw a line in MS Paint and sell it. And that was like really hard to grasp at first. But kind of as I grew this community, I, I fully understand it. Um, it. It didn't take very long for me to fully grasp that, at least for myself. Uh, it came down to it's, it's the people around you. Uh, it's the community itself. NFT is a community. Uh, NFT, at least to me, right? So NFTs are just people in the mass. Um, we had this conversation in a Discord call and in our spaces uh, this past couple of few days. The NFTs are for the small people, right? Um, it, to make it finally in this whole entire world of different things when it comes to art or website design or uh, clothing lines, right? There, there's endless possibilities when it comes to NFTs as itself, uh, as the community. You can make so much different things go on with it. Um, so I'm gonna say like, it, it took me a little bit of a learning curve to understand, I'm gonna say Twitter was the hardest thing to understand, honestly. 
<laughs> that was that was probably the biggest uh, learning curve I had to jump into because I used to be a part of Twitter, but I didn't know how to use it, didn't really care for it. And once I realized it was a very, very vital tool on how to connect with people and what you're doing specifically, I was like, wow, like that's a very powerful tool. Figured out how to use that. And we're, or, I mean, we're still figuring stuff out every day uh, with Twitter, clearly, uh, especially me and my co-hosts and other people. Uh, we always are trying to figure out how to be seen more to because we're just the little people still right in my eyes. Um, but yeah, no, learning curve definitely was there. Uh, I try to pick up stuff as quick as I can when it comes to learning curves, though. Um, but yeah, no, I'm still learning. I can't say that I've learned all, I've learned everything because everything changes every day. But yeah, we're definitely learning every day and continuing to learn. Yeah, Twitter was definitely hard for me to get used to using. Um, I I have had a Twitter for several years, never really used it. Um, this is a newer account that I made uh, probably back in August or July. I can't even remember. And if it wasn't for Spaces, I probably still would have 100 followers or 80 followers or whatever it was. But uh, being that Spaces opened up and I became a part of it, I mean, the the amount of support and the amount of people that um, I've been able to connect with, crazy. Like, I... I could never believe that I would be able to expand my my following like this. Now, I don't really think of myself as like an influential person, but getting like 5,000 followers in like three months is pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't get it. I still can't grasp like Discord. And I know that's a huge part of like the NFT space. Um, that's something I have to start learning a little bit better with. And um, I don't know, maybe down the road. Like I said, I, I'm I'm like getting close to 40, so it's tough for me to adapt to things like this. But Discord is definitely something that I gotta kind of tap into in the near future. So um, you you cover like a whole bunch of different types of art styles. Um, as I was saying earlier, I mean you have pixelated generative art. Um, you have a whole series out on that with the uh, Pixel Dudes. You do AI art. You do uh, I guess it's like Photoshop rendering. Uh, the the one the one collection that you have, the uh, figment of my augments, is it's crazy to me. I feel like I'm doing drugs when I'm looking at it. Like it's really cool psychedelic type stuff. Um, so out of out of all of the the types of art that you do, which one do you feel the most comfortable with when you when you sit down and start doing it? Oh, photography as well. I forgot about photography. So which which one of them is kind of like your bread and butter? Oh, man. Uh, most comfortable, I'll say. It's not my bread and butter, but most comfortable is photography. Um, it's just because I don't really go out and shoot with a lot of different people or uh, kind of like have a crowd when I go and shoot. I just kind of go wherever. Um, I'm a big person that goes and drives around. There's a couple people in the room that know every morning uh, when I, if, if I last that long. And in the mornings, I actually will go for a drive. I will hang out. Um, and I'll take my camera with me and I'll just kind of take pictures wherever I decide to stop and kind of listen to a couple songs. Um, but that's why uh, I, I put a lot of time and effort into um, that because it's kind of just like my self-care thing. Um, there's just endless possibilities with photography, especially when you're driving around. Um, you see something and you want to immediately stop and take a picture of it or you want to pull over and as dumb as this sounds, everybody in the room, please don't do this. Um, <laughs> go stand in the road and just take as many pictures as you can because it's a, it's a view that you don't get very often, uh, right? That's one of my favorite things about photography is seriously, if you ever have like a closed down road or a road that you know has no traffic, pull over. Um, make sure that you're looking for cars, but seriously, take a picture in the middle of the road and just like focus on the lines. It's <laughs> no matter where you're at, it's going to come out beautiful. Um, and just kind of sit down and resonate with that picture and just kind of look at it. Um, but yeah, when it comes to that, I would have to say photography is my, my strongest point. I just don't advertise it as much and I don't push it as much because I've always thought of it just as a personal thing. Uh, and I never really thought that I could sell my photography. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of working on that myself a little bit. I'm trying to burst out of that bubble with it. I think some of your photography is fantastic. Like the one that you have on here, um, a warm sunset. I think that's absolutely gorgeous. The the way that the sun's rays are breaking like right right over like the, the cloud over the uh, over the tree line. Um, 
Are, are most of your pictures taken locally? Do you, do you travel out of state or out of the country and take any of them, or is it pretty much just all local where you live? All of the pictures that you're seeing in that collection are within 25 miles of my house. Um, I don't, I travel, but not like that. And it's more or less just like I said, I just kind of drive around and, <laughs> and kind of take pictures. Um, there is a couple that I'm going to say we're a little bit farther away, maybe like 30, 40 miles away. Uh, like the tunnel vision, for example, uh, that's one that um, we went to an actual like a uh, broken down industrial park for my birthday. Uh, my friends were like, hey, we know you like photography. We found this cool place. And they actually kind of it was one of those like blindfold me, take me somewhere. They're not going to tell me. And it was this badass like industrial park. Uh, we ended up finding out that it was an old like uh, furniture building. And what happened is, is the guy, <laughs> the guy was like hoarding trash from the local city and the city found out about it and shut them down. Um, it was a weird concept, but now it's just nothing but uh, greenery, uh, graffiti, broken down walls. Um, but yeah, everything's more uh, local. And uh, actually that uh, warm sunset, to, and I always say this with photography, there's always a story behind the lens, right? Or behind the, the, the view, the focal point. And um, it's actually uh, one place I go a lot uh, is that picture. Um, I lost a buddy last year in a motorcycle accident and that's actually the cemetery. Uh, and that's the church. Uh, it's kind of, it's literally right in front of his plot. Um, so even like a lot of the bike pictures and stuff like that, they all have really big stories behind them. Uh, you just kind of have to sit down and talk with me to know what they're about. Uh, it's hard to type a lot of those stories out, but yeah, it's, that place is beautiful every time you go there um i could send you i could probably send you another 100 to 200 pictures of me just kind of standing around there taking pictures of how beautiful it is but yeah kind of just to tell you what that story's or what that picture is about where it's at and it's it's a place i go very often very cool um what made you decide to put the photographs in, in that collection as offer prices as opposed to just giving them set prices it says right at the top of that collection it says just make an offer what made you decide that rather than put like step floor prices at them? Um, so originally they were just fully uh, make offers as in you could just click on it, make an offer. But uh, Soma actually um, had asked me why uh, they weren't for sale. So they had made me offers uh, on them and I told them it could be a dollar or whatever you wanted to pay. And that's just because, like I said, I don't I've never looked at my photography as like to sell it. Uh, so that's why I will say real quick, I do have a four uh, uh, floor set for them, but offer me whatever, or for those, if you ever would like one, um, because it's, that's not the actual price for them. That's just, like I said, just to have a, a floor price out there for them. Um, that's just really what it is. It's, it's one of those things. I just kind of take pictures, like I said, because I like what I'm looking at and I want to make sure that I can kind of get a chance to look at that again in my lifetime or something like that. And, and like I said, there's always a story or something behind it. And I always include that or, or try to tell that person what that story is about. Like even when Soma picked up uh, two individual pieces, um, I kind of sat down and told them what the stories behind this, the behind those specific pieces were, uh, like lower the lights. It was actually uh, my one of my best friend's house, uh, well, his grandmother's house. She hosts parties every Sunday for all of her friends. And they're above 70 to 80 years old and 90 years old. Um, and the one day they, or every once in a while, they'll ask me to come over and take pictures. But the one day they happened to uh, change all the light bulbs out and they were having like an old school uh, lower dim the lights party. And it was super badass. And it had like a bunch of wine and all these different candle lits. And it was just, it's a cool environment. Uh, you don't know what kind of stories you hear in that room. Uh, believe me with that one. So let's try to go through all of your collections that you have posted up here. Because um, I have it kind of broken down my, my question set for you per collection. Um, your Pixel Dudes collection that you have. Tell me about this project and what made you decide to do this um, like a pixelated. It looks like a generative project. I don't even know if you did a generative or, or if you did one by one. But what made you decide to make a project like that? Uh, so it is generative, but they're, the layers are all handmade in Photoshop. Um, and then more or less just kind of go through with different colors and change them out and stuff like that. Um, I kind of went that route just because I, when I was new to the space, I seen a lot of different uh, generative projects, PFPs, and stuff like that. Um, so example, 
uh, not to jump into that project, but like the one I have as my PFP, that's a whole different style of PFPs that I wanted to do. Uh, but like the Pixel Dudes, it was, let's see what we could figure out in Photoshop, make these uh, layers. I had found a program that can compile all the layers together and make uh, make the 500 that I wanted or even more than that. Um, so it was just more or less based on me making the pixel art inside of Photoshop. So it was kind of just a challenge to figure out how to do that. And uh, like example, uh, one thing I ended up messing up, but I'm open about to everybody that, that buys them or asks about the collection is they're super small. And it's because I was zoomed into Photoshop trying to fill in pixels and I didn't realize it was that small. Uh, so like example, season one's going to be a super small pixel dude. And then once I kind of progress with the seasons, because I, conti I want to uh, continue them, I'm going to make them kind of bigger resolution pixel dudes as they go. And then kind of towards the end of the seasons, if I, I kind of uh, switch routes with them or something like that, they'll kind of be full like 6,000 by 6,000 resolution, high resolution pictures of pixels, uh, pixel dudes, right? So it's just kind of like an evolution of the of how it's going to go. And what that whole project is about is my community. Um, it's how we're building. And that's kind of why I'm intertwining everything that way, if that makes sense. It's because um, that community or that project's more or less basically just given back. Uh, anybody that kind of buys those, they're fairly cheap. I collect the ether. And then as soon as I go ahead and get enough to buy into a different project, a lot of the people that come into my spaces, I'm always on their open sea. Uh, checking out their links, checking out their projects when they come up and talk and stuff. So if it's something I like, I just I click buy and don't even think about it, right? Because that's <laughs> that's what that project specifically for. And then I'll go ahead and post about it, tag them in it and kind of get them more of like a, a, a natural or I call it organic flow with their Twitter as well. Yeah. So I have a lot of different kind of plans of how I use that collection, but it's more just for my community. It's more to give straight back to my community and stuff like that. Now, for somebody like myself that isn't an NFT artist and, and doesn't create NFTs, I think a common misconception is that pixel art is like a one, two, three, like you're drawing a stick figure. But there's a lot of time that takes into making collections like this, correct? <laughs> I can't tell you how many different times I lost logos, backgrounds. I went to go compile them and the layers were completely messed up. Um, I would go and throw it into the program in the... We'll say the logos on the shirts were like completely not even visible and i'm like where'd they go and here to find out there's seven layers behind everything so i mean i'm going to say it's definitely time consuming but if you can figure out a, a workflow for yourself when it comes to that it's definitely easier and another thing i'm going to say is if you're not an artist uh, as in like you don't know how to make nfts or you were ever considering getting into like a generative project don't be afraid. There's many, many options. Um, you can also collab with other people. You And that was actually one of the biggest things I always said is um, if you're always afraid of not being able to create art, go ask an artist if they can create your thoughts for you on a can on a I'll say the word canvas, but you guys know what I mean by that. Just whatever they're making. Um, and, and kind of collab with them, right? And go from there and, and see what it's like. Cause there's a lot of opportunity in that too. And you never know what uh, artistic abilities it'll open up for yourself. Now, the, the one collection that really like catches my eye is your portrait painting club. Now, I think it's, I, I just love the twist that you put on it. Now, is this, this is kind of like an extension of your, of your figment. Uh, collection correct yes correct so these the figment of my augment collection is more of like my ai uh generative collections or ai gan or uh, a lot of the things i'll throw into like say photoshop and manipulate them or make them into videos and a couple different programs i have but yeah this is tied off of that as in it, it is an ai generative project per se but these every one of these were generated one at a time uh, which takes anywhere from seven to 10 minutes uh, per picture that you see. And that's not including throwaways. That's not including, um, so example, I could tell you the, uh, my Grim Reaper one. Uh, that was actually one of the hardest ones because faces, well, actually a lot of these were super hard because faces are super hard to do in AI. Uh, but when it comes to the Grim Reaper, I actually believe I threw out 27 of those before I got one that I liked, uh, which took a couple days for me to keep going back to. Now, AI art, um, 
I've I've spoken to both Soma and Emily about this. Um, there's no like exact science to it, right? It's a lot of trial and error, and however something comes out, slight alterations might make it look completely different when you're you know press the processor, however you guys go about when you generate it, right? Yeah, so it it's really um the, so that's why I love personally AI is it's more based off of how far you can push your brain uh, to manipulate AI yourself. Um, that's how I kind of always explained it, and that's why I like it so much. But yeah, so like when it comes to these, um, I did use um, a seed image, but it was just a sketched drawing, and the original, like I said, uh, inspiration in my thing, it's it's from the the board ape guys so what i originally did is drew over a bored ape with an uh paint shop pro and had the outline of his shoulders in the neck and i just used that as my seed image so i had a reference of what i wanted kind of to start with and that's where i kind of was early into it learning that if you kind of had uh, specific objects in ai you could kind of train it to go into those objects soma and ryan and all them they're really good at explaining that i'm terrible explaining that part um but they kind of know what i mean by that you you can definitely guide it if you have the right imagery and seed images and uh, basically all of these are pushed off of one seed image that i made but yeah they they definitely take a long time to <laughs> to do now i don't see it right now you made you made a piece called uh, ai dance party right yeah. I I saw you had it pinned on your profile, but I did you change your pinned tweet? I did. Give me one second. Right. I wanted to pin that up top so people could um, take a quick peek at it. Now, how long does a piece like this take? Because it generates from piece to piece to piece over a minute and forty seconds. So the entire the entire length of this piece. If I when I look at something like that, I'm like, holy shit, this must have took him a week to do. So, how long did that piece in total take you to finish? I did pin that to the top uh, there. If you happen to want to throw that up there, but so this one specifically, uh, this is an experiment. Um, this <laughs> I have probably like 15 different videos at the moment on my computer of these. This was just the the best one that I could come up with in uh, royalty free song and, and copyright free song and stuff like that. So the song is not mine. Uh, I do have that, I believe, on the open ceiling and stuff like that to where you can find the song too, just if you guys ever wanted to. But um, so this one specifically, I will say was <laughs> it's not it wasn't cheap to make. Uh, I actually paid to an extent to make this one. Uh, we're experimenting with Google, uh, Google Collab, and we actually ended up finding out if you pay for Google Collab Pro Plus, uh, it actually bumps up all of the options inside of Google Collab when you're doing AI. And uh, this was actually one of the random options we found, uh, just kind of Googling a bunch of different stuff. And yeah, uh, you can do this for free with Google Collab. It just takes a hell of a long time. Uh, I think a normal piece, this one would have taken about anywhere from six to eight hours. Uh, with the Google Pro Plus, this only took, I believe, 30 minutes. Oh, well, that's a lot quicker than I was expecting. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty shocked when I saw it. Um, I clicked on it, and then it just kept going, and it just kept morphing into different things. And uh, So I was going to bring up to you about the music. Um, so I heard the song before in the past. I used to listen to a lot of dance music. I guess I still do a lot of electronic dance music. And I heard the song and I couldn't pinpoint it in my brain where the hell that song was coming from. So I had to download Shazam on my phone and play the song through my phone to figure out what it was. And then I saw that it linked to, um, I think the artist is Infraction or something like that. And it was a royalty-free song. Now my question to you is, do you think somewhere down the line, NFT artists are going to be able to incorporate a song and just be able to give a portion of their royalties to an artist, and then there'll be no lawsuits or legal liability. Uh, yes. So be, to be transparent with that, this is a very risky thing that I tried. Um, don't just go and do this with music. I might get in trouble for that. I don't know. I, I, that is royalty-free and copyright-free. I did a lot of research into this uh, song specifically when I did this. Uh, I did take about a week before I decided to post it. Um, but yeah, when it comes to that, I feel like it will get to a point where it, it 
it can work or it can't work. You're always going to have somebody that doesn't believe in something and somebody that does. Uh, what I can say is, is if I ever plan on making money off this song, I was going to go straight donate it to the actual guys that I that sell this or will let you download the song on their website. You could do, uh, donate to them. So that's what I, my original plan was, was to donate a portion of this to them for letting me use a royalty-free song. Uh, because you also get access to their Patreon too when you donate, which who never knows what that could bring too, right? That could be a list of royalty-free songs that I don't know about or something like that. But that's not the plan. It's just to help those guys back out. But I mean, if you're kind of transparent with stuff like that and you give back to what you're doing, uh, I don't. I feel like a lot of people are going to be more welcome to it. Uh, when it comes to music and stuff like that, um, I could definitely tell you one thing I've been personally looking for is NFT music artists. Uh, that way I can actually use their music to be making these. Uh, and that way it's actually just more transparent of a copyright free or royalty free or it's just a collaboration project. Or if they would like me to make the video for them and give it to them to post, that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Uh, but that's just the transparency of it. Like I said, if you work with people in that kind of aspect, uh, I feel like it would definitely go along a hell of a lot easier. Excuse my language. But when it comes to... Uh, the other end of it, I can guarantee you that there's going to be some people that are like, you even include one word of my song. Uh, we're going to figure out whatever we can uh, to pretty much come after you. Or uh, if it comes down to copyright laws, I'm sure they could figure something out when it comes into the NFT world on that aspect. Um, I don't know too much about the NFT sides of copyright. I just know that if you apply... Uh, the other real world sides of it, like I said, just look up your laws, look up what you're doing, make sure you're paying attention to your royalty free, copyright free assets and make sure you do the research in the asset. Because uh, that song from them is um, it's originally uh, the beat is from another song as well. So the guy actually remixes his own music and then he makes them uh, assets, the, the assets free or royalty free and uh, copyright free. So a part of that is from another song. I can't remember the exact song, but it's just like, uh, I think the, it's the, the out to himself. So that's why I think he also makes them royalty free and copyright free is because he does the kind of the same process as well from his end. So what made you decide to start minting on Polygon? Are you there or are you rugged or am I rugged? You're not rugged. Trip, trip, come back. He might be rugged. This is a rug store today. Yeah, we got rugged twice. Yeah, dude, we're selling wall to wall carpeting here. <laughs> furry walls today. Just rub the furry wall. <laughs> What do you mean it's a Jeffrey? Are you there, Trip Trip? He just waved. I saw him wave. <laughs> here, but he can't speak. Well, you know what they say, when all else fails, bring up his co-host. Emily, welcome to the party. I see you waving, Trip Trip. I don't hear you talking, though. I'm going to drop you down to listener, and then I'm going to try to bring you back up. We'll see if that Well, works. hey, guys. Uh, leave it to Trip Trip getting rugged. We have a joke in our space that I co-host with him on. When he does that, he's like, I swear I shouldn't open my mouth because every time you multitask, something goes wrong. All right, let's see. Bring him back up. connecting i saw him emote but uh that's all i got <laughs> he, he's connecting we'll see what happens jack dorsey would never let this happen <laughs> he got denied <laughs> he got it was connecting and then it got denied rip trip drip where are you bro what happened? 
might have to go for the hard reset. Let's see. Yeah. I try to, you know, leave the spaces, restart the app, and come back in. I've had to do that when I was co-hosting before. I'm like, no! I just had to do it just like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Trip Trip. You can do it, man. Come on, buddy. Come on. Why don't you try to exit out, come back, and then I'll bring you up. We need to get... So there's apparently there's an app that you can get where you can run Twitter spaces on your computer. Did you yeah. know that? He was talking about it earlier. He said it's BlueStacks. It's like an Android emulator. Yeah. I guess there's an equivalent for iPhone, but I, I don't know what it is. All right, here we go. Trip, trip. No rug. Nice. All right, cool. So, yeah, we were we were at the point where I was asking you what made you decide to mint on Polygon. Um, so when it came to minting on Polygon, I originally started on a crypto doc, or crypto NFT, and I was only over there for a couple of weeks. And I actually made a few sales within those couple of weeks I was over there, but it was more or less I just was still learning, didn't really know what was going on. And then I found out what OpenSea was, uh, made an account, went to go upload and got slapped with, I believe it was like a $450 gas fee. Um, it was really confused and was like, okay, well, I can't afford that. So I never like deleted the account or tried to get rid of it or whatever. I just kind of closed the tab. Uh, a couple of days later, I reopened the site and I just wanted to learn more about what uh, the gas fees were and that stuff, uh, why it costs so much. And then I actually was just kind of browsing their website and started reading about Polygon. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. So I switched it over to Polygon and it let me list it. And I was like, oh, I was like, so this is like that kind of free. I was like, okay, cool. So then I was learning more about it. But at the beginning, I was told uh, that it was free to list, but it was actually, uh, it cost the other person gas when they were buying it. So I was like, eh, I can, I understand that concept, but I kind of don't at the same time. And then I ended up finding out it was free to both parties. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. So that does just completely make sense. Um, but yeah, no, it was just, it's the gas fee thing. Um, I don't have a lot of money. Uh, I'm not a wealthy person. Uh, I try to, like I said, I, I more or less give back more than I've been kind of just collecting myself uh, with money. But, and that's why um, it comes kind of down to the Polygon thing. I've been looking at other platforms though. Um, because I always tell people, don't be afraid to kind of branch off into different platforms. You never know what eyes are over on those platforms, especially, like I said, for myself, I'm only on Polygon right now. Uh, who knows what eyes I would have on a different platform for a lot of my other projects uh, if I had the money to post them on different websites, right? So, no, just, yeah, it's the gas-free thing. And uh, definitely just, I, I actually like personally the community for Polygon more. Um, I kind of always kind of say it like this it's not and it's not to be sound uh, disrespectful or anybody but on the on the ether side they're more of the the rich and wealthy uh they're more of the wallet or the whale wallets um and and like more of the polygon is more of the cheaper side it's more of the affordable side it's more of the smaller guy side and and i personally just like being over here more um it's it's a nicer time it's easier it's you actually can connect with people instead of feeling like you're in a a room trying to talk and nobody hears you type thing. Yeah, I kind of compared it like the community between the two. It's more of like the mom and pop shop is Polygon and then you got the Walmart is the ETH. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with either one of them. You know, you, you could still generate um, revenue from either side. The thing that I notice also with Polygon uh, as opposed to ETH, both have great communities, but when you talk about communities on ETH, generally it's a community for just one project. So this particular project might have a strong community, but that community is completely separate from the next project that has a strong community. Where with Polygon, we all kind of fall under an umbrella and everybody kind of just intermingles between each other's communities. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a big extended family. You know, everybody kind of looks out for each other, you know, Trip Trip's, uh, you know, community might intermingle with Emily's community, who might intermingle with Troglodyte's community, and so on and so forth. You know, and it, it's 
it's refreshing because there's always new faces when you're talking to people and uh you know it's it's nice so like going into the community aspect let's talk a little bit about your twitter spaces um tell me about when your twitter spaces is on and um what your show is about what kind of topics you guys cover uh, just give me a little bit of a rundown of what it entails so yeah, uh, our Twitter spaces run 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, and uh, the the first reason I originally did that is because it was just a time that was more or less available, and I knew there was a lot of people that um, didn't get the chance to talk during the day because they were either asleep or just in different time zones or or whatever else or working, and I'm like, all right, well, I want to hear what those people have to say too. So that was a big part of it. And um, that's more or less what our community is based off of is just each other. Um, we're always in there talking about projects, uh, how to push your project further, how to uh, or just even unfold your project to the next level. Right. Thinking outside the box is something I always say really heavily in my space. Um, that's because you never know what you can do if you start thinking outside the box. Um, but that's what our, our space is full of is just knowledge, pushing people. Uh, trying to get them to come back because they have more ideas and they can share those ideas with others to hopefully uh, or hopefully push their projects even further. And I'll tell you what, that has been one of the coolest things that has been a part of the space is that has been the most successful part of it. And and seriously, I can't tell you how many people come in and out of that space with knowledge or in and out of that space uh, asking a question and they left with either the answer or the problem fixed immediately. Uh, for example, we had a person come in the other day, and I guess they had posted on uh, OpenSea for Ether, and they were uh, really upset about that because they they were talking. They came in, they're like, well, it's going to take me like another month or two to figure all this out, and I don't know what I'm doing. And And we ended up figuring out the issue within like 20 minutes, and he ended up actually getting everything up for sale the next day. Uh, and then he actually sold about three or four of those pieces immediately. So it was like that, that to me is just incredible. Um, we, we've had other people come in, uh, which I know some of you in the room familiar with, uh, his name is Viber. He's come in, uh, the first like few days of the spaces. Uh, it was actually the second day of the space that I ran. He came in, uh, he talked, we, we vibe pretty good. Uh, he came back the next day and he dropped a collection right in the space and he sold out within a few hours. Uh, and then he did that another time about a week or so later and he, he ended up selling out even quicker. So it, like that kind of a thing to me is incredible. Uh, we're helping people sell out their collections. We're helping people be seen. We're helping people with their questions. Um, we're helping people push further with any with all their projects, period. Uh, we've had people come in as 2D artists and leave as 3D artists. Uh, we've had people come in with 2D art and have their art leave as 3D models. And people didn't ever think that that was possible. Uh, so that's just kind of what we do is we try to just continue and continue to make things better for everybody else around us. And one thing I will say is I've been called a leader recently, and I don't really like that. Um, not necessarily that word, I guess, but it's just I don't consider myself a leader because I don't like people behind me. I like everybody beside me. Uh, that way we can push together. And that's just how I look at it. Uh, that was actually a conversation I had earlier in the DMs. But that's why I'm not like a I don't consider myself an influencer or or anything like that. I'm just a community guy. Uh, I'm here to help anybody and anything that's possible with those questions or anything they have, period. It's kind of crazy how spaces by helping other people it helps your project out itself without even trying you know it's there's really like a very altruistic uh way that these spaces work you know you help the next person and the next thing you know it flows right back to you it's it's like karma the instant karma almost but in a good way not like the instant karma on youtube where somebody does something stupid and then they slip on ice and like you know fall down and get hurt it's it's really rewarding, you know, and, and you know, that's kind of why, like, we do this so frequently. And I'm, when I say we, I don't mean myself and, and Aiden. I mean our entire network that we have between you guys, you know, Matic Mike and, you know, Beluga and Dave and Creative and, you know, Mega. And it's, it's just really, like, it's crazy how things, like, just snowballed so fast. All, all, all because of like some stupid little idea. Thinking, yeah, I could, I could be a host. The hell with it. You know, it's, I don't know. I just, I love how it, how it just kind of like spiraled into a, a beautiful um, ecosystem that we have here. 
I 100% agree with that. And like to kind of tap off of that, that was like a saying. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get nervous when I come and talk into these spaces because that's just, I mean, that's just how I am. Um, I, I have high anxiety and stuff like that. But but no, I mean, I originally started with these uh, spaces. I was in Belugas uh, constantly listening. I was there every day. I started asking questions and then I finally had the courage to kind of come up and talk about my project. Um, I started DMing questions, things that I really myself wouldn't do but was understanding that it's okay to do those things because not everybody's going to be a jerk when you ask them a question uh that's just kind of something i'm learning my myself in life and like i said a lot of these people don't understand how they've helped me along the way um i i always try to thank my community because they've helped me with uh just depression they've helped me with anxiety they've helped me uh kind of break back out of the bubble i put myself in i used to actually be like this when i was younger uh, i used to want to be a speaker i used to want to be uh, an inspirational person i used to literally do nothing but post inspirational quotes that i came up with in my head um but this is just one of the things that's really helped me is you guys have given me a reason to continue to do what i love and that's just help people um so yeah, not to kind of like sidetrack, I guess, right there, but yeah, more or less. So tell me about the Hope for the Day charity um, and why it's so near and dear to you. Okay, so that one's that one's a, definitely a touchy one. Um, so when it comes to mental health, uh, I've had quite a def quite a few people in my life um, that aren't with us anymore uh, due to depression or due to. Uh, kind of being put in a dark spot and say drugs and just whatever else. There's a, there's a lot to that. And I was at a concert years ago and uh, I don't know if anybody in the room is familiar with uh bear tooth or not uh, the band. Um, but the lead singer actually uh, went through a very, very hard time with uh, alcohol and, and different things and, uh, and drugs as well. And he actually stopped the show uh, to talk about it. And that was the first experience I ever had. Uh, to where it was kind of just like I wasn't talking, but I could sit there and listen. And it was a weird environment because it was just, I was listening and it was all for uh, just how to treat yourself that everybody's messed up. Everybody has their own problems. And a lot of people worry about uh, what they're thinking, like what other people are thinking about them. And I guarantee you that a lot of other people are thinking the exact same thing and they're not worried about you. <laughs> they're worried about what just other people are thinking. And, uh, that was just a heavy point that he made. And uh, that was the organization that he followed and he started making donations to, and he ended up kind of backing. And it was more or less because uh, a lot of those people in that organization saved his life uh, when it came to talking and different things. And their slogan is it's okay to not be okay. And, and that's just really much everything about that, right? It is okay to not be okay. Uh, you don't have to spend every day trying to be happy. You don't have to spend every day trying to do these things. Just let it naturally happen uh, because you're, you'll find more distress in trying to make yourself happy or make yourself do things, uh, want to do these things compared to make yourself. Uh, once you start wanting to do certain things like that, you're going to definitely notice it in your, your, your own features, your, your time scheduling, your, your different things. Um, but I picked that organization due to that. Uh, specifically, like I said, it has to do with mental health. It was something that I followed. Um, it was something that kind of inspirationally changed my life being in there at that moment. Uh, we, we still kind of, uh, the group that I went with still talk about it kind of like, wow, like something like that kind of changed our lives. And it was just an artist that does heavy metal music, but wanted to sit there and make sure that this whole crowd, uh, had their heads on straight. And if they, uh, they didn't, they wanted to make sure that everybody at least had them on straight before they left. So that's just kind of how I treat a lot of my people in my community. I want to make sure everybody's in the right direction before I, I leave for the night or uh, before we get to talk again type thing. Ugh, type thing, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm not shy to admit that uh, I struggled with drug and alcohol addiction a good portion of my adult life uh, from my teens into like early adulthood. And, you know, the hardest thing when I was starting my recovery was just being honest and like where you said going back to the part where you say it, it's it's okay not to be okay um you know I, I caught myself a lot of times in early sobriety where somebody would ask me how i was doing and my default was always i'm good just because in my head i thought i was 
inconveniencing somebody by telling them my day is shitty, you know, and there's nothing wrong with saying I'm having a bad day or I'm having a shitty day. It's what you do about that shitty day. Are you going to hold it in and just dwell on it? Or are you going to talk to somebody about it? Are you going to do something proactive and maybe maybe something as simple as going for a run or jumping on an exercise bike or making a phone call? It's these little things that you could do that could really make a nice little, you know, 180 in, in your crappy day to make it not the best day, but it can make it a little bit better. And, you know, that's all that we're striving for each day. We're just trying to do a little bit better than before each day. And uh, it's it's super important. Like these mental health spaces, I've never personally struggled um, outside of addiction with anything like clinical depression or, you know, BPD or uh, manic uh, bipolar and, and, and things like that. But I can tell you, like, I, I was suicidal um, numerous times when I was coming off drugs and alcohol. Um, there's been a lot of screwed up things going in my head. And, you know, it, it took a while to really just be honest with people and admit, like, you know, things aren't really too great today. But when you talk about it, they just get a tiny bit better. And, uh, you know, I always end up joining mental health spaces when I see them open, no matter if it's like two or three people or if it's 20 people or 50 people. Because sometimes maybe just me listening to that person and letting them get something off their chest will improve their day. So I think that's awesome that you really go and, uh, you know, you, you're you're giving people a space where they can at least talk about what's going on. Yeah, no, and like I said, that's, that's it's just one of those things. Um, not a lot of people look at it this way, and it's not to kind of get down to earth or however some people want to look at it, but... Um, death is going to happen to all of us friends. Like it's not, not to be sad. Um, but it's just, it's going to happen. Why spend your life, uh, kind of living it shitty when you can live it happy and, and kind of just spend it doing different things. Um, it's a lot that I've been kind of in my own head, kind of listening to, right. It's one of those things that we just kind of look at or overlook at in life. And we, we get distracted by a lot of things in our own life. Uh, for example, I've jumped into NFTs, and it kind of strayed my mind away from those thoughts a little bit, but they always come back. Um, but it, it's just a it's just a prime example. If you're busy enough, you don't pay attention to what real life is or uh, what life has, is going to become someday. Uh, we don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. Uh, that's one thing you can't guarantee. That's one thing that you cannot uh, sit there and contemplate every day and worry about, though, because life's going to take its toll. Um, but that's why I treat things kind of the way I do is because I'd rather help people and push knowledge uh, because someday I'm not going to be here to be able to do that. And I don't know if there's going to be uh, a lot of people that do that for me to continue that on. But uh, that's just one thing I'm trying to do is continue to show people that just push knowledge, push power, uh, push friendships, push communities. Uh, you guys push those kind of numbers. You guys will be unstoppable. Um, no matter what happens to you guys or whatever happens in the future. Uh, it's just one of those things, right? You'll be remembered for what you're being remembered for. And uh, I just want people to know that it's, it's that's kind of how it is. Just more or less do it that way. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So have you talked to anybody about doing any partnerships or any type of collaborations? Uh, not partnerships at all, uh, collaborations here and there, but it's more or less just, like I said, a lot of people just kind of ask me questions about their projects and I kind of, I'm not going to say I'm not open to collaborations cause I'm definitely open to collaborations, but what it mostly comes down to is I more or less spit out information to people's projects to help them push their project along further for themselves specifically. Uh, because once those people can kind of get a a better grasp of their own projects, then I know they'll definitely have have time and room for collaborations. Because it is one thing a lot of people do is uh, they kind of just jump into the collaboration thing and not really have like a project completely lined up or or different things. And they, they kind of get sidetracked and, and stuff like that. So when it does come to collaborations, make sure you're doing it at the right time. Make sure you have the time. Uh, make sure you're working with somebody uh, that you work well with. I always say that too, because especially your collectors will notice if you're not working well with each other. Um, I've had that happen to other people in the past, and they've actually just didn't end up selling pieces because of the simple fact they didn't work well together. Uh, that's a real thing. 
So yeah, no, when it, when it, like I said, partnerships, no, uh, collaborations, I've been approached a couple times, but nothing that's kind of surfaced the water. It's just been more or less questions or, Hey, in the future, if you'd like to collaborate, let me know. And it's like, sure, whenever you get time and we got time, we'll definitely do something. But yeah, I got a lot of those, just nothing set in stone. All right, cool. So we got about nine minutes before we wrap up. If anybody's up in the speaker box and has any questions for trip trip, raise your hand or shout it out. If you want to come up and talk to him, uh, raise a request. I'll bring you up here. All right, Creative Alves. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Creative Alves. I'm new to Twitter space. Just want to say, up, say hi. Thanks, Elon, for hold, hosting this space. Uh, Trip, I'm a big fan of uh, your Twitter spaces and your, and your work and your community. Just want to say thank you for everything that you do. Uh, just have one, call, one quick question for you, if you wouldn't mind. You know, Where do you see Trip a year from now? Uh, where do I see trip a year from now? Is that what the question was? Yeah. Where do you see a year from now? Where do you see yourself a year from now? Wow. Uh, really good question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's kind of the excitement about this, I guess. Um, I didn't even expect to be where I am today, uh, let alone where I'm going to be in a year. I can tell you the plans I have is to definitely, definitely keep building the community, definitely push a lot more people and definitely keep getting these smaller guys that come in no matter what follower count I have or whatever else or how many people are involved. I want to make sure I'm, I'm focusing on the little guys, especially since I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time on these little people now. I'm going to get them to a bigger state. And that, and that just kind of one of those, like, let you out the door, you're on your own, I guess, type features and make sure that I'm just kind of pay attention into the littler guy uh, because that's that's what a lot of this the, the whole NFT space right now is is lacking, in my opinion is uh, the support on a lot of lo uh, smaller artists and a lot of smaller projects. And uh, everybody started small, right? So I don't know. A lot of people seem to me to lose that in their thought process as well. Once again, you get busy and lose track of things. Uh, but one thing I don't want people to lose track of is where they came from, especially when it comes to NFTs and the space and Twitter and all these different things. We all started with zero followers, right? Um, we were all at that point. So um, yeah, no, when it, when it comes to next year, um, I just would like to see my community grow. I want these people to go ahead and push their artistic abilities even further. I want them to be able to change their lives. I want them to be able to be financially stable for themselves. I want them to be able to push further. Uh, as for myself, I just want to be here. Um, <laughs> as dumb as that sounds or as maybe vague as that sounds, uh, I'm just along for the ride right now. I'm still kind of battling my own stuff and that's just kind of how I treat it. Uh, but I'm here every day and, uh, this is what I want to do. And I'm kind of really excited because you guys give me that opportunity, right? Um, I don't do anything else. Uh, I don't really talk about it too, too much, but um, I have a lot of medical issues. Uh, I have TIAs. I've had four strokes. Uh, I'm left-handed and as, as shitty as all of it was, it affected my whole left side of my body. Uh, I used to draw a lot and that was kind of what I used to just kind of escape with was drawing. And once I uh, had these problems, I, it was very, very hard to do that stuff anymore. Um, so digital art, I could tell you, has definitely helped me uh, a tenfold, 150%. I even gave away one of the tablets I use personally because it's helped me so much already. Uh, that was like for Christmas, New Year's style uh, giveaway I did. Yeah, but just as in for the next year, I, I want to... I definitely want to make sure that just everybody that's been a part of everything for me, I want to make sure they make it as well. It's kind of crazy how Polygon works, right? If one of us wins, we all win. That's what a true networked family does, you know? It, we, it's kind of like when that one rapper in the community gets big and then he brings all of his rap friends on tour with him. You know, one of us needs to turn into Jay-Z and you could just start dragging the rest of us around with you. We could be your, like your entourage. I like that trip. Thanks for the answer, man. I appreciate it. And uh big fan here. So thanks for everything that you do. I'll be your Jay-Z if you be my Jay-Z Sub-Zero. I'll be your Linkin Park and you can be my Jay-Z and we'll do a collaboration. Yeah, there you go. That sounds yeah. more line. That yeah. sounds better. All right. So Trip Trip, I'm going to hit you with uh like a five-minute lightning round. You ready? Are you ready? Hit me. All right. Uh, do you plan on building a website to showcase all of your pieces of artwork collectively? 
Uh, yes, I'm currently working with a close friend, uh, Greggy B NFT. A couple people know him personally um, in the in the space. Uh, he actually does websites. Um, he's a, a website developer. That's what he does as his job. And uh, he does a little bit uh, in Web3. I say a little bit, but he does a lot in Web3. I just know a little bit about it. But yeah, uh, definitely in the future, I'm working towards that with him so, uh, shortly. Is it difficult to market your artwork being that it covers so many different types of mediums? As in to get it all out there, yes. Uh, as in to naturally just continue posting about it, no. Because if you, once again, if you get into a groove with yourself, uh, it doesn't become tedious and you don't want your work to ever become tedious. But yeah, uh, more or less just getting it out there can be hard to compile at first, but just get into the groove with it. Have you considered putting your artwork into a virtual gallery in the metaverse? Personally, yes, I would love to. And that's one thing I want to uh, soon get involved with and take some time uh, and, and kind of make my own galleries. But I actually have had uh, some of my artwork hang in Creative Owls uh, galleries already. And I was I've, I, I stood in there for hours and just kind of stood at it. I took screenshots and different things. So it was super cool to see. Um, and it was a, it was definitely just one of those things I smiled about. But yeah, in the future, I would like to make my own gallery, but it was cool enough that I've had the opportunity to hang in others' galleries already. What do you use most um, when you decide that you're going to create art as a type of motivation? Is there is there a ritual that you do before you sit down in front of your computer to start working? Uh, just to be transparent, yeah. Uh, I definitely, uh, I medicate, I smoke uh, every day. Um, when it came down to a point of, at least on that aspect, it's one thing I do. Um, but then when it comes down to actually just kind of getting into the groove of my day, uh, music. Uh, music is the heaviest thing that it gets me in my mood. Uh, I have over, <laughs> over 4,000 uh, favorite songs just on YouTube alone. That's not including Spotify, Pandora, all these different apps uh, that I use with music. So it, that's just definitely music is probably my heaviest, heaviest hitter when it comes to getting in the mood. Out of all of the collections that you have online, which one of them is your favorite? Uh, personally, I'd probably have to say um, the Figment of my Augment collection, um, just because it gets to adventure more or less what my brain can't put down on paper. Um, and that's what the cool aspects about AI art is, is you can still make a you can still make art. You just more or less are taking the composition from your brain and putting it down on the paper that way. Um, and it's so many different abilities that you can make with it. And it's definitely one of my favorites. All right. And my last question for you before we wrap up, uh, there is a, a new artist. Um, he's he's brand new to uh, the NFT space. His name is uh, let, let me see here. My Creative Owls. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this guy before. Uh, My Creative Owls is apparently doing a Polygon Summit for uh, NFT artists on the 22nd in the metaverse. Are you going to be a part of this? I will definitely be there. Um, I have it booked in my calendars. I have it set on my phone alarms. I have everything set for that. Um, I have attended pretty much every uh, event that he's held in his galleries and stuff like that as well. Uh, the New Year's one was super fun. We <laughs> we had champagne pouring everywhere and we were all talking about art, got to connect with a lot of different artists. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely want to continue those. It's just a great environment to be in. And uh, I definitely want to thank Creative for hosting those and definitely check him out uh, since he's a little newer to the space go throw him a follow he's brand new that guy he's he's working some wonders though all right so um i appreciate an hour of your time today uh i know you're not feeling great today but um it's really awesome of you to come by talk to the community um follow trip trip on twitter here and there's a link in his on his Twitter page that will link you to all of his galleries of his art. Some really awesome kick-ass stuff between generative art, AI art, photography, his pixel art in there. I mean, the guy does a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He's a jack of all trades, but it's all really kick-ass stuff. Um, also, um, through his links, you could see uh, a link to the charity. That means a lot to him. It's Hope for Today. That's uh, hftd.org. If you guys want to check that out, they really focus on mental health 
education and mental health, um, suicide prevention, and just trying to help people. Um, and, you know, it's all good stuff. Um, I appreciate you coming out here. Uh, get some rest. And uh, I guess you have a show in about three hours. If, I, uh, if I'm awake, I'm going to try to attend it. Going to do my best, but I can't give you any guarantees on that one trip. Oh, no worries. Uh, you guys are always welcome to the space, uh, even if it's just to listen. And I always say, even if you fall asleep, right, as long as you got some knowledge before you passed out, that's always that's always how I look at it. Uh, but thank you again for having me. Um, I have been feeling a little under the weather, but honestly, you guys kind of made me feel a little bit better. Uh, as weird as that sounds, it's how that works for me. Um, and yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I'll say real quick is even if you guys don't want to check out my collections and you, you just want to check out that organization, uh, it's the first link always in my link tree. I always tell people to just click that first, uh, kind of just browse around their website and you'll get more of a feel of what kind of I'm about and then go ahead and dip into my collections first or a second, sorry. And then you'll be able to uh, kind of get even more of a feeling of what the actual pieces are about. So uh, thank you as well. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go get some rest and kind of hang out for a little bit for the space and hopefully uh, maybe get to see you tonight. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for stopping by.